Okay, say it again. I have my freaking furnace on. It's in the middle of May. Well, how come? Because it's only like 50 degrees here. Burr. What happened to your yeah, summer? I don't think that's what I'd like to know. I think Mother Nature went bipolar. <laughs> that didn't surprise me at all. Um, mm-hmm. so we did that yesterday. So it was ultimately sunny and giant dust clouds from the wind and hailstorm. Mm-hmm. Oh my so, god. Yeah, all sorts of uh, weird stuff. <laughs> it's nice today. We've been nice for the last couple of weeks, and up into the 90s almost. But today right, we're it's to get, overcast we're, and rainy. Well, we're supposed to get, I mean, we're supposed to get up until like the mid, mid 70s, almost 80s this week, but it's all, it's going to be thunderstorms the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. For us, it's probably high 50s, low 60s, but it still counts as nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We like it when it's nice. Mm-hmm. Miss it. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. I tried to catch it beforehand and didn't. Gonna do it again. Bless you. Okay. Thank you. She said. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Apparently, I didn't have enough supper tonight. Uh oh. I may be forced to have another cookie. Oh darn! Huh? I made cookies yesterday, so mm. they're really sort of more muffins that happen to be cookie shaped. <laughs> so banana recipe, so it's sort of. Came out more cake like than your usual cookies. That's all right. So, I had a I had a cooked lady and run yesterday. Did you? That sounds scary. Yeah. It was it was quite funny. Well, yeah. Tell us about it. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I thought you were going to say nothing. So I didn't want to. I no. felt I felt like I had interrupted. Nope, you're fine. Well, okay. Well, uh, I have my two running buddies that I run with pretty much on Sundays, and so we we decided just to we just it was. Um, Last Sunday was the marathon, so we already ran the half marathon. And so this time we're doing, and so we're like, oh, we just need to run. We need just to do something. Let's go a little later than we usually have. Thank God we did because it was freaking cold. Mm-hmm. So, so we all got to park in the parking garage. And since we went later, we were able to use the bathrooms. Right. Well, I'm only five foot three and my other girlfriends are about, almost about five nine. So they called me the midget. Aww. <laughs> it's okay, I'm used to it. So they put me in, in the, uh, so we were like, okay, we're all good in the stalls. There was three stalls. And so we go into the stalls, and of course they put me in the handicapped one. I'm like, guys, you put the midget in the handicapped one. And so I'm, so I'm like, you know how hard it is to squat over a handicapped stall? And so, well, especially when you're short. Mm, it, it wasn't. And then my girl, and my girl, and then my one girl who looks, look, her feet are still on the ground. Making fun of me. Aww. So, well, I got my feet revenge. Well, my one girlfriend and I, we got out, we washed our hands. And then I hear my other girlfriend's like, the door's stuck. Well, we, we laughed at her. We're like, whatever. And we're like, we'll go outside and see if she comes out. Like, like we laughed her. Well, we waited a couple minutes. We're giggling. And then we're like, she's not really coming out. <laughs> we can't get in there. She has her foot on the wall, on one part of the wall, trying to get the door open out of the stall. She's like, I'm stuck. Oh my god, I'm stuck. I can't get this, this, this door open. Uh, of course, I shoot a video. It's on, it's on, um, Facebook too. <laughs> well, she's like, Oh my god, I'm stuck. I mean, we're, we just, we're cackling. We're just laughing at her. Well, she ends up, 
she ends up crawling out underneath the stall. This is in a public parking garage stall. Wow. <laughs> and she's crawling out. And she looks over and sees me taping. I go, Amy, what happened? She goes, the door was freaking stopped. And she looks at me. And she's like, oh, gee. And once she gets up, she's like, I feel so dirty. Aww. And we're like, and she goes, and she was looking at it. She goes, I was thinking about going over the stall, over the, over the stall, over the door. Mm-hmm. But she goes, with my luck, it was, you know, like particle board or something like that. She goes, with my luck, the whole thing will fall down. Or I'll step on the toilet and to get up and then my foot will go into the toilet. So it was a favor to go under. Whatever germs. <laughs> wow. So, and we were giggling the whole entire time. And usually when we go on and when we go on runs, if we see a puppy dog, we go crazy and we stop and we pet the dog and stuff like that. Well, there's this. It was a tiny little dog, and it was it was just a new puppy. Well, the puppy had the owner had no control of the puppy. Of course. At one point, we're trying to li- at one point we're trying to leave. She's bought like the dog named Lucy, and she's like ten pounds. And we're trying to li- we're trying to go on our merry way. All of a sudden, the dog hogtied Amy and I together. We had to stop because if we walked, we would have fell flat on our face. Wow. <laughs> so we're like, all of a sudden, we just like stopped. And then like Amy and I got really close together because the dog pulled us tight. <laughs> you guys had way too much fun. Oh, it gets even better. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, after the run, we we all decided to get a Starbucks. I don't get to go usually because Christian takes care of Walrick. And if he has something planned, I feel bad, and I just go home right after the run. Well, this time you didn't feel bad. It was Mother's Day. I'm like, you know what? I'm going with you guys. I'm going to have a cup of coffee, have an apple fritter, and stuff like that. So we're sitting there, just the three of us. We're just talking back and forth. There's another guy at another table across from us. And this is three of us are talking, and this old guy comes comes between our two between the two tables. Stop! He does a squat, and he makes a motion of jacking off. Nice, right in front of us. The three of us are just stunned. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what to say. I just bursted out laughing. I just I couldn't help myself. I ended up snorting. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy, the guy that crossed, crossed away from us at the other table looks at us and goes, did that just happen? <laughs> and you said, yes, it did. <laughs> I, I go, we saw it too. Wow. You <laughs> I mean, had quite the Mother's Day. Yeah, that was, that was the most interesting Mother's Day I ever had. It sounds like. Yeah. That was my Pafuanian run Mother's Day. Gee, all I had was a hurt possum sleeping on my clothes. Really? Huh? Well, he wasn't really on my clothes. I went to the chicken coop to feed the chickens yesterday morning, and when I came back up, there was a a possum on my front lawn next to both cats. Both cats are looking at him going, hey, dude, how's this going? You look familiar. I'm like this or something. So I call Bonnie. Bonnie, Bonnie, come chase this thing away. Quick, chase it away. She cowers behind my knees. She's 100 pounds. This thing weighs 20. No, she won't go near it. So I go up and it hisses at me and it waddles between the, we have a big container of mint and a thing of what's called hot tuna. It's a plant. And he went in between the two planters. And I'm yelling for mom, come help me, I need a broom. And she's like, I can't, I'm busy. So 
When he went in there, I went and found the broom, and I whacked him with the broom a couple of times trying to chase him off. No, he didn't move. But oh I my could God. see that he was hurt. He had a bite mark on his neck. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll just leave him. So I came in, and I had my first cup of coffee, and Mom said, where'd the possum go? I said, I don't know. I think it left. So I went out and looked, and it was gone. I said, it's gone. So we decided we were going to have scrambled eggs for breakfast. So I went out to the refrigerator out in the fruit room to get the scrambled eggs. And as I'm walking in, Bernie's out there and Bernie's got this look on his face. I'm like, possum's in here, isn't it? Bernie's like, yeah. So I start looking around and he has climbed up on this pad that we have for the cats. And he's made himself this very nice bed. And so I called mom and we looked at it. And we said, well, I don't know what to do. So I posted, you know, has a possum in her fruit room and somebody said you know you can call the Audubon Society they'll they they'll take care of it so I called Audubon and they said no it's not um, a native animal so they won't do anything with it but they would humanely euthanize it if we could catch it because it was injured so I went back out and it was gone so I said all right it's gone we won't worry so last night it's out in the yard again so we set the live trap and we put it out and we go to bed well Bonnie decided she was going to spend the night outside last night and about 2 o'clock in the morning, Mom heard this, oh, 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 oh. She said, what in the world? So she went downstairs, and the possum had cornered Bonnie on the porch. <laughs> and Bonnie was like, get me in the house, get me in the house now. And oh, my. to say we didn't catch our possum. Uh, and I'm really surprised we haven't caught the cat, because we baited it with cat food. But we haven't caught the cat either. Oh, wow. So, I had to. I had interesting things happen on my mother's day, but none, none of them were that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you got to talk to your mom. That was exciting. Yeah, that reminded me of the podcast because um, first I sent a text message to both my sisters because we were thinking of seeing if we could do a conference call kind of thing so we could all talk to mom at once. Mm-hmm. And uh, Crystal can do that with her iPhone, but... Um, as it turned out, we can only do three ways. So she could talk to me and Beth at once, but when we tried to add in mom and dad, um, that didn't work. So then the next idea was, well, they do have a Skype account, and I have access to my computer. I'm sitting right here. So um, Crystal will call Beth and mom, and then I will Skype with dad, and um, we can sort of do the speakerphone thing, and that would work, except that... Um, Dad's computer doesn't recognize microphones. They found the couple that I'd left there and tried to use them, but uh, uh, nothing worked. So I was basically deaf the whole time, and I just had to uh, talk about things as the mood struck me or as they typed whatever was going on to me and um, not worry about talking over whatever they might happen to be saying at the time. And um, then Dad would occasionally um, type to me what somebody else had said, and I could respond to that. But uh, it just sort of depended on whether he actually did that or not. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It worked out. Mom said she felt like she had some family time. Oh, yay. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get to hear anybody. Yeah, that would be tough. Well, it's kind of like how we drop here. It's like how you drop off in the middle middle of a conversation during a podcast. Oh so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually, I'm the one people are typing to, or I'm the one typing to people because I decide not to um, record things, and I'll just insert to the conversation that way, but I can still hear the rest of the conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, well. Such fun. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun, fun. I can hear the TV. Must be Trisha. I'll make sure it off. Hold on. The fish tacos were good, Scott. 
Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. You might have to have some when you're here or something. Well, maybe. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. I got my I dice. I got Hufflepuff oh, dice. Yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> like a uh, hard dice? They're Dungeon and Drag Dungeon and Dragons dice for the Harry Potter role playing game that we're gonna do. The Aurors. Yes, the Aurors. Um, I understand that Scott is going to beta test it for us, so I'm not allowed to talk to him after this. <laughs> no, well, what Bob said is he's going to try and do it with us first, and then with you guys, so I don't have to worry about, um, you know, listing and getting spoilers of what's coming up. Um, mm-hmm. if, it, if it works doing it with um, Colin and I and whatever other two people you can find, right. then... But I was going to ask you if you had any... Um, description in mind for your character self, because maybe I can help you find a, a person to use. I noticed on Facebook where you were trying to pass yourself off with an alpaca and you wasn't going for it. Yeah, I actually, um, I had, I have two. I'm looking at um, Anna from Downton Abbey. She's a whole lot skinnier okay. than I am, but uh, she was the one, or I was even actually thinking of um, the cook on Downton Abbey. Too. No, I don't know who any of those are. I haven't she, seen it. She's red-haired in, instead of uh, blonde, but mm. that was the other one I was looking at. I actually look, looked up um, actresses in the UK and kind of scrolled through and trying to find somebody. But I, it could be Molly. Anybody else? No, he won't let us have any of the Harry Potter characters. I told him that was ah. wasn't fair because like everybody that was anybody was in Harry Potter, so that didn't leave very much for the rest of us. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. But he could be Don French and just pretend she's a descendant of whoever that lady's portrait was. She was the second fat lady, not the first one. But, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's apparently lost a lot of weight since then, so you can uh, uh, legitimately be fit uh, with we ankle. <laughs> yeah. So, we have a story. Oh, yeah. We do. We do. Anybody else have anything fun? We've, I've already talked about my uh, D&D obsession so on the other podcast, so I don't think I need to do it here. Mm-hmm. I've started listening oh, no. to those now. You started with what, Scott? I started listening to those now, but I started with the first season before Will Reading showed up. So. Yeah. The the two on video are, are wonderful because you get to see his facial expressions and stuff. So it's really fun. Mm-hmm. So, Tricia, for homework, because we're doing this role-playing game, uh-huh. Bob said that we should watch this video of Will Wheaton. Do you know who Will Wheaton is? Yes, I know who Will Wheaton is. Yeah. Playing Dungeons and Dragons with his friends. Okay. I am thoroughly hooked. I stayed up till 1 o'clock in the morning and went to sleep because my battery ran out. Woke up at 5 after recharging it the rest of the night and watched some more. It's it's become an <laughs> obsession. And I'm, you know thinking about checking myself I, into the Betty Ford clinic for DMD obsessions. Okay. I'm not, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to probably hurt some feelings here, but um, I had a very good friend, um, not so very good friend, her, her husband was very much into the Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. for Warcraft and all this other stuff, and it ruined her marriage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it he didn't do, do anything other than that. So anytime I see war, war for us. Okay, this is how bad it is. I I took Christian and his roommate to a New Year's party where a lot of the guys play war, 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 war for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
All they did was they stayed downstairs while all of their wives, and some of them were absolutely beautiful, were upstairs frolicking, and they were down underground in the basement play, playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> wow. But Christian and his roommate both looked at me and go, what is wrong here? Yeah. He goes, he goes, he looks at me and he goes, you know what? He goes, if I wasn't dating, he goes, I'd be hitting on every single damn woman and showing them all the wonderful time. You know why? Because I could. <laughs> because they never experienced it. Yeah. I mean, it's not just wives, girlfriends. I mean, it, it, it was that. I mean, in just in seeing how they, how it can be in that session, it just kind of scares me. I mean, I know Harry Potter is an obsession too. Yeah, but this was bad. I mean, we completely ignore your people oh, yeah. and see that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not even playing. I'm just watching them. But, you know, there's only two videos, so <laughs> it, was a quick, okay, it was a quick obsession. <laughs> okay, good. So, so I'm sorry if I, if I seem like a little, like, uh, about it. It, it just scares me. <laughs> no, I don't, blame I don't blame you at all. But, yeah, I, I'm done. I, I still enjoy it, and I, I'm really excited about doing the game that we're going to play, the Horrors game. Just because I think it's oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me I yeah. don't see myself I mean, as joining a Dungeons & Dragons team, guild, whatever well, you would call it. They, they, oh, go sorry. Point, they, they go to the point before where they dress up themselves and play and make, like, their foam swords and stuff like that and do oh, yeah. armor. Well, Will Wheaton, I mean, the, the, the video is, uh, they're all dressed up. They're hysterical. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, they go out to do, and they call it war practice. Oh, wow. No, this wasn't. They just dressed yeah. up for the audience. You know, they're playing in front of a couple of thousand people at a con in Se- in Seattle. I mean, there's oh, a yeah. lot and, of people you know, there. Yeah. Yeah, I plan on dressing up for Harry Potter I, so I can understand this. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I am sorry if I hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> no. I, you have every right to your... Your uh, feelings in that, and I, I'm with you on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm I mean, definitely aware that it, it's one of those things that can definitely go overboard. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, oh, what's anything? I mean, in my no, case, I mean, I've I mean, never I... actually been able to play it with anyone. It's, it's one of those things I've sort of gotten interested in through reading web comics about it and stuff, mm-hmm. and I've never gone oh, yeah. any further. And it'd be, I think, it'd be kind of neat to actually find people who um, would come and sit and play with play with you rather than I don't I'm not as interested in like the massive online thing of like World of Warcraft and stuff. Right. Yeah. Unless I, mean, I already yeah, they, like I knew a group of people already and we decided to start playing together, maybe, but to just start myself and wander around and hope I find some friendly people and uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is that their obsession is I mean, I leave my friend's ex-husband's obsession was to the point where he wouldn't go to work. That mm-hmm. that was how that's how bad the obsession was. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know how obsession is. I mean, I'm a running freak. I am obsessed by it. But the thing is, it's also not going to take over my job. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, except obsessed. for when you put on Anything, Tiger Ball. Any interest like that, you have to watch. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that was the one-time incident, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson well. <laughs> Yes, Scott, you're right. 
you need to be able to, it's one thing to enjoy the game and play, and it's another thing to not go to work and to blow off your wife or your girlfriend and everything just to play the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what happened to me with fanfic in early 2006 or 2007. Mm -hmm. I stayed in my dorm room at the college and stayed on, played on the internet and chatted with people and read fanfic and didn't go to class, but that's a, a little, um, it's slightly easier to get back from that than not going to work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. That's kind of part I mean, of the you college still experience, lose money, too. But, yeah. yeah, well, and that's it. Anytime you do some kind of college thing, you do something stupid like that, and you learn from it, and you don't do it ever again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. but, I mean, these guys, have been do these guys have been doing the Dungeons and Dragons thing since college. Yeah. And they're in their mid, mid to late 40s still doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm excited to have Hufflepuff dice. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How exactly are they Hufflepuff dice? They're yellow and black. Ah, okay. Yellow, I thought yellow. maybe they had little crests on them or something. Oh, they're Steeler colors. Yeah, they're Steeler colors. <laughs> they're um, yellow dye with black numbers. Nice. So, yes. I wonder if they make them in the other house colors. That would be fun. Um, they probably do. I'm sure they do. Mm -hmm. I got a kick in. to do, actually. I guess they'd have to reverse them and make the numbers green or something. It would be hard to read silver numbers on a green background. Mm-hmm. That would be black, green and black. Yeah, I'd do green and white. That would be the... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would be close to silver, yeah. So, all right. Well, would one of you like to introduce this? I suppose, sure. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what chapter are we on? 32. Okay, awesome. I read the and first. We're going to 39, is that right? 38. Is it Okay. Hey, Ron. The next time, yeah. Previously on Pontific Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Pontific Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic, whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? Am I friendly. surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my Alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. Saxon Snorkax. Two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we we'll always laugh before the end. Harder think we clean where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everyone. The original podcast in the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. And today we're going to cover chapters 
32 through 38 of A Better Man by Valander. And we are starting off, well, chapter 32 is called The High Bond, and we just left off last week for last session with uh, Harry deciding to go through with this bond between himself and Hedwig as a permanent familiar in order to block out the possibility of uh, Voldemort getting into his head. Yes. So that's where this chapter is going to go. But we start off... They're not like soulmates. They're not like soulmates or like um, activate kind of thing. No, I don't think it's well, going to be like that. Um, well, slightly. They they have, like, um, Harry's eyesight gets a little better, and Hedwig gets a little smarter, oh. and he has a tendency to nibble things. But it, it's not like um, they suddenly become able to uh, blast through the walls. Yeah. <laughs> They're not able to, like, read each other's minds and go, oh, I love you! No, I don't I love you, I do. <laughs> I hope that the Harry and, and Hedwig don't do that. That would just be creepy. Yeah, that's called beastly people. Not good. Well, what we start with, we are still explicit, explicit, uh, explicit, right? We are explicit. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. The, uh, I think I may have picked somewhere where Hedwig keeps uh, chasing after, annoying any of the girls that try and uh, make up to Harry because uh, she just wants all his attention for herself. <laughs> Ooh. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of something that happened to me a while ago. <laughs> I was um, dating a guy, and we were kind of fooling around, and the cat came up. It landed, it, um, laid, uh, pretty much cock blocked them, or cock blocked me, or <laughs> Sorry, did you like him? Well, no, it wasn't Murray. He was his cat. Oh! He knew his cat didn't like you. Yeah, his cat did not like me at all. I never laughed so freaking hard in my life. I go, I've never been blocked by another person. <laughs> oh my god, I'm still going to hell. <laughs> Oh, we don't want you to go to hell. Okay, that thank you. Poor <laughs> Harry has has thought he's been in hell lately because he keeps getting invaded by these nasty nightmares and dreams and things that Voldemort keeps sending to him. And we start this chapter off with Ron waking up because Harry's kind of moaning and groaning. And he wakes up Neville and says, I think he's having another nightmare. And Harry's like, oh, too fake. And he tries to bury himself in the pillow, and Ron and Neville look at each other like, okay, now what do we do? Because they're expecting this terrible nightmare thing that they do, and that they've been dealing with. Two things. Two things. very mundane to them. So Neville's got essence of red clove that'll numb the pain a little bit, and then they're going to go down and see Madame Pumphrey. Okay, how can I have seen, like, red sticks where muggles do not, I mean... Well, this is the first one I've read about teeth, but don't have heart disease. They don't have this and that because of magic and stuff like that. You know, like the freaking humans, of course they're going to get cholesterol. Right. I mean, do you see what Bully Weasley fries up Feast. all the time? Feeds <laughs> those kids, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, she's frying, up eggs. she's frying up bacon and sausages and, I mean, who knows what else she's frying. Right. That's where some it's, of the people get it. It's definitely going to be so. butter. Obviously, wizards must not get cholesterol, or half of them would have had heart attacks by now, from what we've heard described. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's just... It's not a better metabolism, and I mean, Ron is a special case, but... Uh, 
Yeah, well, Ron's a special case, all right. Mm. What did you say, Trisha? He's got a hum in the background again, but he hasn't Daleked on me yet. Don't crack up, Scott. We don't we don't want you cracking up. Sorry. That's okay. I've already gotten up. You've already gotten up? It's all right. Oh, I gotta stop rubbing my eye. I got dirt in my eye. It was so windy today that I took the watering can and was trying to water the seeds that we planted at work, and the wind uh-huh. threw the water off of the entire box and, and hit the kids with it. They're like, teacher, oh you're all wet. And it oh blew over some of our plants out in the garden, some of, at home. It was very sad. At least the trees haven't come down yet. We lost one tree last week, but lost anymore. So... So it, this actually does kind of uh, go where you're saying, Trisha, because Hermione pops up in the in the morning and says, you know, well maybe he eats too many sweets and that's why he's got toothaches. And, uh, Neville says wizards don't get toothaches from sweets. Something about us keeps the that prac stuff instead of plaque prac stuff from forming. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. So mm-hmm. Neville says it's probably some sort of injury. I bet he cracked a tooth or something, and now it's infected. And it's like, ooh. Hermione's like, my parents are dentists. Maybe they could do it. <laughs> no, no <laughs> drills. No, we use spells and potions. So uh, I'm kind of wondering where they are here. I haven't. Yeah, I know. It's talking about here. They wake. He wakes up in his bed, and then they hear Hermione's voice from the girl's side of something, and Ron's looking around. It seems like they went down. She come in, what? And then um, they're walking over and sitting on a couch. So I don't know. It seems like they're in the hand of the world cup or something, but I don't think that could work with this. No, I'm not sure where they are. Oh no! It says that Ron and and Neville pop down to the common room to sit for a while. So Hermione yeah. must have gone down to the common room as well. Okay. Yeah, so they start talking about it um, while they're in the common room. Yeah. And that's where Hermione is. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And so... You just skip the little part in the paragraph where they leave the um, dormitory. Mm-hmm. So. And we find out the next morning as he goes to see Madame Pomfrey that he does actually have an infected tooth and I love him he's like whimpering and trying to hold his jaw open so she can touch the tooth he suffered the effects of the cruciatus curse suffered intense agony in his scar in the presence of Voldemort broken several bones and yet the pain of the toothache was something that he ranked only slightly behind the cruciatus so he Mm -hmm. is in a lot of pain here apparently mouths are sensitive though there are a lot of nerves in the teeth the teeth mm-hmm. that makes a certain amount of sense. Teeth bug me. I I can I can deliver a baby. I've had the training. I'm fine with that. Don't come to me with your tooth loose or with your tooth knocked out or bloody or something like that. I it just gives me the woolies. I can't do it. I'm mm. just... so what do you do for a living again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to deal with teeth. You don't? Dog teeth? I, I pulled Jake's tooth. That wasn't so bad. That was the dog. No, I don't. It's kid teeth, mouth teeth. I don't know. I don't, I don't like teeth stuff. You never have teeth knocked out at school or anything? Knock on wood, no. Okay. Haven't had that. that. I never ha- you know, I never had my teeth knocked out either, so. I knocked my brother's teeth out when he was little. I told oh, aren't you a nice? I told that story, didn't I? We were on my bike. It was back when they still had banana seats. 
on bikes, and he was sitting uh-huh. in front of me on the banana seat, and I was riding as fast as I could, and there was a rock in the road, and I said, oh, cool, we'll bump over the rock. Well, I aimed for the rock, and it stopped us cold. I mean, we went from <laughs> flying to nothing, and he went through the handlebars and went face first into the street, oh, and we oh. were directly behind our house. So we had to go halfway around the block to get home, and there wasn't a short way. We had to go the same distance either way we went. And he was screaming the whole way. Poor kid. I just, I nailed him good. I didn't mean to. I thought it would be fun. I thought I'd just go boom, boom, and we'd, you know, have like a ride. Oh, no. Yeah, like a little bump. Yeah, I about killed him. Hey. What did mom say? Uh, they took him to the dentist. Kelly's here. Let's see. She saw my Skype message to you guys that I had to go do the chicks, and she's like, you're doing chicks? What does that mean? Oh, boy. Had to move them. So I, I like this, though, because she just vanishes the tooth. Yeah. yeah. You could do something, yeah. Did you, did you ever wonder, where, the te- where do the teeth go? Oh, Scott, I like her. <laughs> Where do the teeth go when you vanish them, or where do the teeth yeah, go? Yeah, where do anything go when you vanish it? I don't know. That's the, that is the perplexing question I'd like you to know. It they, seems to be a transfiguration thing, so I think it's just transfigured into air molecules or something like that. Uh, so now I'm breathing someone's dead tooth. Nothing. Yes, you are. No, it's, they're fresh air molecules. There's nothing left of whatever you transfigured it from. It's the same as anything else. If you properly managed to turn your beetle into a button. It doesn't have little legs and scuttle around anymore. It's just a button. And if you improperly manage it, then you have problems. But, you know. <laughs> right. So, Kelly's not going to join us. She hasn't read, and she is very tired, but she says to tell y'all hi. Hi! Hi, Kelly. Hi! I haven't read it either. Uh, well, shh, don't tell anybody. Oh, did, I, did I talk the talk soft loud and loud soft talk, you know? Did you say it out loud instead I, of in your head? No, not at all, Trisha. You were fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so Petunia's, <laughs> Petunia's in here while she, while he's being uh, examined, and she's like, "Does he need to have a root canal?" She's on the same wavelength as Hermione here, and Madame Pomfrey's like, "No, I'll just vanish it." And <laughs> Pomfrey and uh, not Pomfrey. Petunia's like, "Well, that's better than pliers." Pliers. Hi, Merlin. Muggles are using pliers to put teeth. Yikes. So, but he's got an infection, and it's particularly resistant to most potions and spells, so it's going to have to heal, which means soft foods and no sweets. For oh, that means he, has a, he got a Z-pack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's eating all this glorious food, and he's stuck with porridge. He's just like, bleh. <laughs> They won't even let me put things on it to make it taste better. And Ginny teases him. Black currants? Black currant tarts? No! Yeah, and he's being, he's hamming it up a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, but then the, uh. And he gets interrupted by, um. McGonagall. Yeah. McGonagall, yeah. It actually doesn't say, but from the description, I think it's McGonagall. <laughs> yep, they need to go see Albus because they're gonna perform the high bond. And mm-hmm. this gets. Yeah. Seamus wants to know if that means he's marrying Ginny, as they explain. No, it's a familiar thing. Mm-hmm. So they head on into Dumbledore's office on the sixth floor today. Yes, because it moves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and most of the girls have not seen Fox before, which is mm-hmm. fun. 
Yeah. Cho is like gaga over him. And he's soon after a burning day, so it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I talked over you at one point, Trisha. What were you saying? I forgot. Okay. Something about the um, office. Uh, no, I didn't. Around. Oh, I like. I just like the idea of. Um, oh, I still just like the idea of Alpha's um, um, room always. Yeah, office always goes around, always changing floors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just kind of mm-hmm. it makes I think me that's happy. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, the only problem with it is that if you needed the headmaster, you wouldn't ever know where it was. But it seemed like the portraits or somebody could shoot you that direction. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, some pick somewhere, it's not this one, but um, where there are just multiple entrances, and they all get you to the same escalator mm-hmm. that takes you to the office. You just have to talk to the right gargoyle. Right. So Harry goes right to Dumbledore and says, uh, there's awful lot of people in here. Is there going to be enough room? And Dumbledore says, no, nope, we're going to go to the room of requirement. So he, Dumbledore says, now girls, if you want to spend more time with Fox, my door is always open, but right now we have work to do. And they head down to the room of requirement where Flitwick is already, and along with Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Flitwick's going to be in charge of the ritual in general, which... Makes sense, given he's the charms teacher and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Vernon and McGonagall are both there, too. And basically, um, the kids and Professor Dursley and McGonagall are going to stand, and Dumbledore are going to stand off to one side, while, because the high bond relies on love. So they're going to all draw on their friendship and love that they feel. It kind of reminds oh me... Oh, my God. This is going to be a love fest. No, it's not. It kind of reminds me <laughs> of... Um, Scott, you're going to have to help me with this. The uh, ritual that they did in After the End, Priori and Contatum? I believe that's what they used for it, yes. Yeah. So that's kind that's of what in one of the three me. chapters I have read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's in one that you actually uh, did because I've got you on tape saying it. That's why I think mm-hmm. you might remember yeah, it. It's in the prologue. Mm-hmm. And so they start this chant that they do, and Flitwick, Flitwick started chanting, and it was kind of a song that he's doing, and he's passing his wand from Harry to Hedwig and back and forth. And the rest of the group is just sending their love for him. And at one point, Dumbledore kind of turns to Ginny and says, Our part's done, so I'm going to tell you what's happening. And there's tendrils of the visible manifestation of the cords that bind the familiar to the witch or wizard. And yeah, there's, there's little things of golden light that are going back and forth between Harry and Hedwig mm-hmm. as Flippick does his chanting. Right. And they start kind of weaving tighter and tighter, and there are... Three cords now, one's gold, one's silver, one's bronze. And the gold cord ties their magic. The uh, silver cord uh, is the one that brought about the decision to perform the ritual, so it binds their minds and hearts. And the bronze cord ties their physical well-being. So as long as they're both in good health, they'll enjoy increased health, and sometimes they'll heal faster and have a heavier hardiness and endurance and stuff like that. Yeah. And while they're. But that's also the downside because if anything happens to one of them, then it's going to affect the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And while they're doing this, an inky black tentacle seeps through the shadows and starts heading for Harry. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Hermione goes to curse it, and Dumbledore stops her and says, if that's Harry's bond with Voldemort, if you attempt to do this, you're going to ruin everything. So don't do this. Let's just send our love. Everyone concentrate their love, whether it's Prince Love, love is the answer for everything. <laughs> the one thing Voldemort can't handle is love. And so they just... All I can do, I just hear the Beatles song in my head. All you need is love. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that missed. Sorry, it just came my head. And do you move on from there to Moulin Rouge, or do you just stay with the Beatles? <laughs> I'm just going to stay with the... Oh, oh, I forgot about Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Sorry about I that. Think, I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot that he that he found that in that. You're, you're gonna I'm thinking love brain, brainworms, though. Brainworms. Yeah. Look out for the brainworms. There's a brainworm trying to get to Harry, but love prevails, and it goes away. Yay. Yay. And they actually, when it's all said and done, they realize that his scars measure, measurably fainter and smaller, and his eyes have become pale blue specks. So, and he, the grin on his face is almost predatory. So he, he's got a little bit of the owl in him now, too. And mm-hmm. that's... If he starts eating mice, I'm done. Oh, all right. You know, as far as I know, that doesn't happen. But I haven't read that far. So. Mice are good. You never know. I have to be really damn desperate to be to eat a mouse. So like I said, I've eaten well, squirrel. Edwig eats bacon, apparently. So maybe he'll just uh, have an extra fondness for bacon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But what um, Bill? He just uh, he just likes to meat little extra raw. Right. Mm-hmm. And they also um, while they're driving off this evil tendril, there is um, there's smoke coming from it, and also some from his scar, which Dumbledore notices. So he's now got some inkling what's been going on with the Horcruxes, probably. Although nothing actually comes up with that. Mm-hmm. So we've moved on. And we to- move on to chapter thirty-three. The choice. And, and this is where we discover that Terry has a, a tendency to nibble on things mm-hmm. now. Yeah, he likes <laughs> Namely to Ginny. nip the base of her neck during their snogging section- sessions. <laughs> oh, so he's vampire. He, you know, he's, he's been hanging around Cedric way too long. He's turning into a vampire. Now he's nibbling, not biting. There's a difference. Ah. So he needs a little less sleep than he did, and... I don't even know this word. He was almost completely indefatigable. Is that what the word is? Uh, it's in the second um, paragraph, second, third to last word. Of- yeah, um, indefatigable, I think is how you say it. But I'm not sure. It basically means he doesn't tire very easily. He's got a lot of endurance. Yep. We'll have to look it up in the dictionary and see how they say you pronounce it. That's <laughs> And his night vision is sharpened. He can spot, spot things in the dark that was... You know, he Hedwig, on the other hand, has refused to stay in her outlawry and instead has moved into... Okay, she, the, spelled, she, she misspelled it. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, there's no you. And capable of being fatigued. Okay. I don't know if you can hear it if I hit the thing. Pronounce, I'll pronounce it. I think I'll hear it, but I don't think you guys will. Try. Uh, Indefatigable. Okay. Okay. There you go. Thank you. I I love I love Webster Dictionary. <laughs> Almost as as much I love Snape. Almost as much as you love Snape. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, because I suck at words and I don't know how to spell words or shit. So that's why I love 
Webster Dictionary. I'm not very good at spelling, so I'm with you on that one. Yeah. It has saved me. I don't know how many times. Okay. Anyhow, let's express my love to inanimate objects. Well, you know, that's good to hear. So we have uh, an extended meeting of the OGLs, and the secondary members are progressing nicely. Neville has come out of his shell, and he's growing steadily. He's actually dueling Ron and holding his own for a little bit. My screen door is opening and closing. I wonder who wants in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to go open the door. Okay. Oh, it's opening and closing. Wouldn't, they think, wouldn't you think they can get in themselves? I guess they must be hitting it. I'm thinking it's an animal. Most likely. Yeah. Probably Bernie. But I could be wrong. I don't know. We should, put, we should place that. We should I don't have anything to bet with, really. Neither do I, but it's, it's, it's a metaphorical bet. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the other animal's name, so I don't know what... Who, I, don't, I wouldn't know who that is. Bernie's a dog. Bernie um, okay. is, I believe, the orange cat, and Alex is the black cat. It was Alex the gray cat, yes. Oh, okay. we were wrong. Oh, I was wrong. I thought it was and Bernie. I couldn't remember. I couldn't think of any of the animals' names for some. It was eluding me. The animals' names. Ah, no worries. Sure. Now it was. Well, I wanted to have a nice bet going on. You had a bet going. <laughs> well, we, we were going to try to. Like I said, I couldn't remember the, any of the animals' names. Yeah. Bernie rarely really comes in bad. here. Alex likes to come in. I've been sleeping with my door open lately. Which I probably shouldn't admit on a podcast because, you know, the, the bad guys can come and break in. But, um, yeah. I also have a very large dog. And as long as you're not smaller than a cat, <laughs> she's pretty vicious. If you're smaller than oh, a cat, then she's it. afraid of you. Well, I was going to say, she was afraid of a 20 pound possum. That's true. I also have a can of mace next to my bed. So that, <laughs> that's helpful as well. Um, so, yes. We have. And plus, you have a friend named Tasha that lives in Pittsburgh, so she can come get you. Right, she's, she'll come save me because you know, she's scary that way. Yeah, yeah. Then she'll shoot at her. Say that again. Then you. Never uh, mind, I can't talk. I'm done. Okay. We're way on course. So the things are going well with the practice. Harry says, "Okay, it's time to go. Don't forget." Or I guess it's Hermione. It's time to go. Don't forget. Next meeting's next week. Same time, same place. Same bat channel. Same bat channel. And then we find out that Harry is going with Dumbledore to find one of the Horcruxes on Friday night. And Crumb's like, I don't like this idea. Both of you gone. If anybody knew, it'd be an ideal time for a Death Eater assault, which mm-hmm. fits in with canon nicely. Okay, um, quick question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because and since I'm a bad Hufflepuff and haven't been reading very much, what year are we in? Um, oh, dead silence there. <laughs> They're doing the stuff from sixth year, but I am not sure. Um, this is all happening post Goblet of Fire. Everything has been jumped up a year. Mm-hmm. Fifth year is basically not happening, so they're doing the sixth year stuff in fifth year. Right. So okay. I mean, somewhere yeah, in there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's some of the fifth year stuff. He's getting weird dreams and things from Voldemort, but he's not running off to the Department of Mysteries to, and he's not. Worried about finding out that Drake has a Death Eater because they did that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, that's a big deal. Um, and then, we're not, uh, I guess we're not worried about Umbridge so much. That would be a good thing. Right. Um, Oof. And we've got Slugborn in there because Snape was in a coma, so that moves him up a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so fifth or sixth, somewhere in there. 
Okay, I was mm-hmm. just getting confused, that's all. No, no, yes. So, he was 15 years old, but there's stuff happening from both years. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to put the OGL on standby, just in case something happens. And Harry wants Cedric to get everybody Felix Felicis just in case, um, so that, you know, if something happens, that they'll have it. Yeah, and he wants them to try and convince Slughorn to pass it out to everybody if something happens on Friday. Right. So. And so... And then it is that Friday. It is. And they're heading off, and okay. Dumbledore gives his same instructions to, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever he says, regardless of what that might be. And most of the... Pretty much everything from that series of scenes happens the same as in canon. He has to go across the lake and drink the evil potion and the whole of that. Right. Uh, yeah, and, you know... But when we get to the astronomy tower, it's Theodore Knott who's there confronting him instead of Draco, for one mm-hmm. thing. And um, and it's openly Snape's job to be the one to kill him, rather than um, it being as a result of protecting Draco. Right. And um, then when Snape is there and given the chance, he decides not to do it. And so he's being killed by his unbreakable vow and spends the next 30 seconds or whatever, however long it is, taking down as many of the Death Eaters as he can. <laughs> yeah. So that really uh, throws a wrench into canon. It does. <laughs> we have done that already. And then he dies. It sounds like a very yeah. painful death. Severus, is, or Dumbledore is, you know, shocked and amazed because he was the one planning on dying because he's dying anyhow, and they needed Snape, but they... Snape says he just couldn't do it. And then we have the um, cinematic thing of Harry and Dumbledore striding down the hallway, taking down everyone right right and left. I I can just see that happening. Oh, yeah. If they were filming this stick as a movie, that would They'd be having the uh, great music in behind, and they just go through everything. And, yeah. Yeah, colored, colored stunners. And, you know, the, the stereotype of Snape with his cape that billows out. I can see him almost with billowing capes and just side by side, just wiping the floor with everybody. You know, they're just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you made them mad. Yes, they have. And Dumbledore ends the threat of... Friend, we're gray back. Yay! Yay! Um, for weeks to come, as he heals. So he doesn't actually kill him, but he, he does uh, yeah. incapacitate him a bit. And mm-hmm. through it all, we have the trumpeting battle cry of a phoenix. And here are the, the group of kids also are coming, are going along with them. And um, then once they get to the entrance hall, both of the rest of the orders meet up with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, McGonagall takes on Lucius. Right. And uh, Lucius takes out three of them at once. <laughs> of course he does. And Hagrid stopped many of the creatures that the Death Eaters had brought along. So, along with Gorp. Along with Brock. Brock. Yeah. <laughs> and Mulsivar is brought down by Cho and Fleur working together in concert. And Victor takes out Goyle Sr. Woohoo! And Neville and takes Neville gets down Bella. Bella. Finally. He gets his spectacular duel. He does. And it was vicious. But she dodges the wrong way and nails her with a full body bind. He doesn't kill her, he just full body binds her. And Neville congratulates him on not kicking and she's down as much as he does. Luna, you mean? Luna, yeah. Sorry. Distracted by the cat. Oh, I'm sure Neville's congratulated him 
himself also, but probably. Yeah, I want to know how Luna congratulated him, but better not. <laughs> and so. they didn't lose anybody. Nope. Just um, Bill did get scratched by Fenrir, and Justin apparently was hit by a blasting axe. Yeah. So he's in the infirmary, but nobody. They didn't lose anybody except Snake. And they lost <laughs> several. I'm sorry, Trisha. Oh, I hate this trick now. Oh. He yes. went to the hero. He's a hero. He saved Dumbledore's life. He's old. They kept him. So, <laughs> we move to the next chapter, where Minister Fudge is being Minister Fudge. And he's just like, mm-hmm. it's not done. We do not give the Order of Merlin Third Class to a muggle. No, we're not going to yeah. do it. Because we discover that in another part of the castle, while all this from the last chapter was happening, uh, Vernon, being the Muggle Studies professor, had uh, herded a bunch of kids into his classroom and was holding off the Death Eaters with a shotgun. A shotgun, <laughs> you mean. Which is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that uh, Lupin comes in with a message from the Muggle minister saying that they are going to confer uh, the Queen's Gallantry Medal for services to her royal cousin. And that stuns Madame Bones, and I'm sure it just knocks Fudge over. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, we don't get to see Fudge's reaction to that. They're, they're met, uh, as as Madame Bones leaves Fudge's office, she meets them. And they have this conversation, and then they're heading into Fudge's office afterwards. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. going to let him know he needs to draw up a press release. He's <laughs> probably good at that. Mm-hmm. And then we shift over to the hospital wing, where Harry is mostly asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Dumbledore's collapsed, and they were already in the hospital wing when it happened, so that was good. And he's been out for three days. He's gained consciousness for a minute or two, but he hasn't actually come awake yet. And mm-hmm. uh, Harry... That's actually something I just noticed reading it this time, is um, they were in the hospital wing, and when when Dumbledore collapsed, um, Flitwick caught him before he even hit the ground and mm-hmm. moved him onto a bed. Yeah. Well, Flitwick's fast, Chad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, he's still... I would, he did miss... But he's still hurt, Flitwick, man. I don't know. I mean, wow. Yeah. And I... Maybe Flitwick, like, levitated. Oh, I'm sure Flitwick levitated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... It's, it's mm-hmm. thanks to his quick wanderer. It's not. It's not like Flitwick physically caught him and uh, <laughs> lifted him on the bed. It was charms that did it. Yeah. The uh, Calvin knows of my Harry Potter fascination, and so last night he's like, "I have something you have to watch," and I'm always frightened when he has something on YouTube that I have to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's web cartoons videos. And it's Ron, who looks absolutely hideous, and Flitwick. Flitwick's teaching them Wingardium Leviosa, and, and Ron's using the Wingardium Leviosa to lift Hermione's robes up so he can see her underwear. <laughs> and she's like, stop it, Ron, stop it! And he's like, and then Snape comes in, and Snape's like, 20 points, you know, and he's just awful. And then he's like, okay, now there's another one. I'm like, oh dear. So then it's the Accio spell. And Hermione's, er, Ron's like, Accio bum! And Hermione's getting drugged to him. And then he gives her basically to Harry to have his way with. It's very naughty. And Kevin's like, these are funny! And I'm like, these are terrible! Oh my god! How old is he again? Twelve. 
Hopefully he doesn't really understand everything, but you know he does. <laughs> oh, no, so sorry. No, no. Do you know what they're doing right now? This is, we should, we'll probably have to cut this out. Okay, they're doing cut it up. sex ed at school right now. Oh. They have boys and girls all in one large room, and <gasps> they have an anonymous question box. And the teacher <gasps> is literally answering the questions that everyone <gasps> has put in the box. Oh, my Calvin told us some of the questions that were asked, and yeah. And Michael said, and this is a quote from my brother, that teacher's got balls. And it's a girl teacher, it's a woman teacher, and she is just... And their homework is they have to go home and discuss what they've learned with their parents, and their parents have to sign off on the fact that they actually talked about it. Oh, my God. Let me say that it made for a very interesting Mother's Day meal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you just took you just took the cake. You took the cake for the best Mother's Day. I thought I was good. That was just phenomenal. So yeah, I I learned things I didn't know yesterday. I oh, I thought you good. I have some pretty embarrassed kids going home with that. I am sure. Oh no, they were pretty enlightened kids, and they're probably excited now. They were. They, yeah, and, and some of them have asked really stupid questions, but some of them have asked very interesting questions, and Calvin actually stumped the teacher with questions. She knew it, but she wasn't positive, and she said she had to look it up. Okay, so, what was the question? I don't know if I'm going to say it right. Okay. What is a queef? Oh, the queef, yeah, yeah. And so, and he knows what that is because his older brother's band was called that. They taught him that when he was five years old. Oh my god. Yeah, so. Yeah. I still don't know what that is. It's apparently a vaginal fart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, uh, yeah. So, Calvin's getting an education this week. (laughs) Oh, Oh, oh my god. I so don't want to go through this. You've got a year, don't you? Uh, almost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And I don't nope. know if other schools do it the same. Apparently, last year they split the boys and girls and told them, yeah. and told them basically, this is what boy parts do and this is what girl parts do. And then this year That's they put them teacher. together and are teaching them how it all works. But the teacher is preaching abstinence at them, or I guess preaching's not a good word, but she's, uh, you know, if I you don't want to get STDs and you don't want to get pregnant, Abstinence is the only way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so scared now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So, sorry. When Guardian Leviosa took me onto that tangent, look how far we went. Quick, something to bring us back to the fic. Hold on. I have my... Oh, you broke me. Oh, no. We broke Trisha. That's not good. I need a drink. Oh. I had to have two last night. Okay. Wow. <laughs> We're way off course. Okay. So Harry Potter is, uh, Dumbledore's collapsed. Harry's blaming himself at first, but then they find out it's because of the ring. Mm-hmm. And they're trying really hard to, uh. And because he just went on an epic battle and kind of lowered his defenses. Mm-hmm. His immune system's already weak, so. Right. Now he's kind of exhausted. And Snape was really the only one that could really work with this, but Pomfrey and Slughorn are working in tandem, and they've got people from St. Mungo's coming to help them. Yeah, 
and Harry just sits with him the whole time. And usually someone from the OGL comes along as well, and Ginny's there almost always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and Fox was there most of all. Yeah. And Ginny's fallen asleep on his lap, and he's set, tried to send her off. She, let's see. He's alone because she'd fallen asleep on his lap for the third time, and he sent her off. And she promised to get enough sleep for the both of them. And Albus wakes up. Yeah. And he, and he explains to Harry that he knows he's dying and probably not going to last up a year. Mm-hmm. He, and if he does, he's still handing the school over to Minerva because he wouldn't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And Harry's crying. Is there nothing we can do? There's got to be something. Not Apparently, um, Fox's Phoenix Tears did cure the poison from the potion that he drank. Mm-hmm. Um, and the poison is part of the curse, but it's still got this withering thing anyway. Yeah. So, and, you know, he's like, but I don't want to lose you, Grandpa Albus. I almost lost you in the astronomy tower, but Professor Snape gave his life for you. And Dumbledore says, I had asked him not to. If he had killed me, know this, it would not have been murder. It would have been the same as a muggle being taken off life support. Because he knew he was dying, and that was the whole, I mean, that's canon. That was the whole thing, was he wanted Snape to kill him so he wouldn't have to suffer. Yeah, and to get him in better with Voldemort. Mm Mm-hmm. But apparently, having had this new Harry and um, the nice Dursleys and such around, he's gained more compassion, and he just couldn't do it. Right. And um, during the course of the battle, a random curse just happened to obliterate that particular area on Snake's left arm, so uh, nobody had to know he had the dark mark at one point. Mm-hmm. How? What a quinketing. It was a quinketing. Yep. So then Dumbledore wants to, uh, Harry pulls out the locket, and Dumbledore says, wow, it was all for nothing. And they read the note to the Dark Lord. I know I'll be long dead long before you read this, but I want you to know that it was I who discovered your secret. I have stolen the real Horcrux and intend to destroy it as soon as I can. I face death in the hope that when you meet your match, you will be murdered once more, R.A.B. And, of course, Dumbledore knows it's Regulus immediately. Yeah, so that uh, saves some time there. Oh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then they have a ceremony to honor Professor Snape and the right. various other people who fought. He gets to hang his, his Order of Merlin, hangs in the trophy room, uh, and the only picture they have of him has a somewhat of a smile on it. <laughs> yep. And Professor Dur- Dursley's given the Queen's Medal for his own actions with the shotgun. And uh, <laughs> I love it. The Death Eaters had been quite unprepared for blistering buckshot, and on at least three occasions, the incredibly painful rock salt. But my question is this. Isn't London or wherever, I guess they're not in London. They're in Scotland at this point. No, yeah, they're in Scotland. So yeah. they don't have the same gun laws. Because I'm used like to Hermione's dad not being able to have the gun and, you know, going to get in trouble because of the gun. But that's more London. So, all right, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, while he was getting his reward from, um, I suppose he must have gone to London for that. Right. Uh, or maybe it's a there was a representative of, of, of the queen, queen, so they might have come there. Um, whoever it is giving him his reward whispers to him. Um, so yeah, it looks like it's part of the same ceremony, so they must mm-hmm. have come to Hogwarts. Um, and they have a little bit of a conversation, and he refuses to tell anybody what it was about, but uh, lets Harry and Petunia know they should keep their evenings open in the summer. Right. 
and they uh, the ceremony for Snape is was surprisingly honest. They spoke of his virtues, but they also uh, acknowledged his flaws. And Harry went up to tell the story of his final act and found a single tear dripping down his face. So, yeah. and, and then they, they unveil a statue to be placed in behind the head table in the Great Hall, and it's the Raven mm-hmm. who represents Snape. Right. And so then we have the the choice was made. Indeed, it was said a deep booming voice. And Snape says, "Did I choose wrong? No, no, not indeed." And uh, behold, and Snape says, "Great." He's told to enter the ward. Yeah. And yeah. Move on. And that is the end of fifth year. So there you go. It was fifth year that all this is happening, and then in sixth year, more stuff awaits. Mm-hmm. But we start off with summertime. Yep. Um, not quite summer yet. They're just finishing up the owls, and he has to decide randomly uh, which date he's supposed to scribble down for History of Magic, and he manages to uh, put it down before they yell time. Right. And it's kind of weird, because they're doing... This is the first time they've done History of Magic and not been able to see the blackboard through the teacher. Through the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be weird. <laughs> and uh, Hermione comes down from divination, and she's like, we need to go to the common room, and she's shaking. And she pretty much just collapses into Ron's lap and just mumbles over, it's over. Mm-hmm. I think she was at the History of Magic one as well. It's just that Ron was, um, or Harry was talking about um, divination because they were talking about how weird it was. To, um, it would be too weird to go to divination and not That's right. Uh, air out the entire room afterwards. That was interesting. Anyway, you um, they make it to the common room. Yeah, it scared me. I? I was looking at my, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, the whole thing went silent. I wondered why no one was saying uh, anything. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, it was just for No, it was just a, yeah, but the thing is, it was complete silence. And I was like, I was ready to say hello. <laughs> it was like, okay, something's weird. So what did you miss? Nothing. Not, nothing just, really. Just a, like a syllable in one word. No big deal. Huh, interesting. It, it just, it, it's just something I'll have to squish them together. Okay. It was just really, I mean, yeah, it was like less than a second. Mm-hmm. But it was just noticeable because, I mean, yeah, because I always hear fuzziness with you, and then, I mean, it was completely silent. I was like, I thought my phone, my phone I thought my phone died, or my headphones died. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, okay. Ron's like... So her mind has collapsed, and Ron is trying to calm her down a little bit. You know, yeah, we made it. There's only exams. And, uh, it's just exams. Yeah. And then Ginny comes in and drops herself in Harry's lap and um, hits him in a sensitive An spot. Unfortunate spot. Yes, <laughs> shall we say. Kind of reminds me of the Christmas story. <laughs> we should give him the bowling ball. <laughs> She's not that heavy. Yeah, so. I think she might be heavier than the bullet ball. Well, well, that's just me. It's slightly more concentrated, I think, in the bowling ball, but whatever. Yes. Too sure. Too sure. So, Judy's apologizing, and she's like, I didn't mean to. Well, I wish I could do that to Fudge. And, and uh, Harry's like, no, no, if you do it to Fudge, use your foot. And Ron's like, yeah, and you still toe boots. Her and her like, says, honestly, he's still the minister, you know. Use a gold-plated boot. It's more dignified. <laughs> <laughs> Ron squawks at her. Yeah. And Jimmy says, hmm, gold is heavier, too. More momentum. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. And then they have a quiet ride back from Hogwarts. Except for... Uh, although they do get a visit from Draco, but there's no headphones. 
No hexing, yeah. He just comes in and says, Afternoon, Potter. And he wants to let him know that Slytherin is going to stand aside. Because mm-hmm. basically Malfoy won his little um, dominance battle, but not. Yep. And he is now head of House Malfoy. Mm-hmm. As Donald took out Lucid. Yep. And Harry says, and I am head of House Potter. So that makes us even. And Draco walks away kind of with a curious look on his face. Yeah. He says, um, Harry says, with all of that entails, and Draco wasn't aware there was anything particular about being head of House Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's... You know, people will be finding out soon enough, and it'll give Draco something to think about. Yeah, we learned, I believe, in last week's chapters, or maybe the one before, that um, Harry may be one of the closest living um, wizarding relatives of the royal family. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, let's see. They meet up with uh, the Dursleys, Uncle Vernon and Petunia, and... Yeah, they're coming back on the train as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Gabrielle and Ewan are behind them as well, and pop in to give everybody hugs. Yep. In and there. Harry wants to know if Ewan's treating her little sister, his little sister, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, oh, we're just friends. Yeah. He's a gentleman, and he's helped me make friends of my own age. And Harry's yeah. like, yeah, well, let's wait till we're a little older, till we start planning your wedding. I'm sure Ewan turns purple with that. Mm-hmm. And then everybody throws cushions at him, except Ginny, who apparently throws a chocolate frog that uh, <laughs> falls inside his robe. Ooh, and then squirms. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. It's a chocolate. Yeah. And then we are back to the on to summer. Trisha, what did you say? <laughs> I had a bad thought. You had a bad thought. Okay. Yeah. We'll ignore your bad thought. Yeah, we should. Even I am ashamed of it, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Harry and Dudley are very excited to see each other. Mm-hmm. And we hear briefly about um, Harry's career advice meeting, which probably went much nicer without Umbridge sitting in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I can't Harry, remember what did Umbridge tell him in in the in canon. What he should, did she ever suggest what he should be? I don't think so. No, she was just sitting there being obnoxious while McGonagall was trying to give him advice and saying, well, you know, surely okay. we wouldn't want such a person in our or or things like that. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, um, that's uh, what I thought, because I was just thinking. Um, 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 until, there was a lot of that. Until Minerva offered her a cough drop. Hmm? That was funny. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Oh, I love yeah. So yeah. it turns out that Mark Evans, while not related to them, is uh, going to smell things next year. Uh-huh. So, you know, Dudley will be there to give him a, somebody he knows at school. That's right. It wasn't Mark Evans, um, one of the kids that, they, that Dudley beat up in canon. I think, yeah. I think that's... So in, in this, he's one of the kids that they've saved from Pierce Polkis. Mm-hmm. And they make sure that he's going to have a safe... Yeah, and they... Uh, they head off to the car, mm-hmm. load everything up. Yeah, Molly and Petunia are making special dinner. Mm-hmm. So, Hermione's off to Aruba. They they make good money oh, for dentists. They're always trying to make good money. I'm sorry to say yeah. that. They make very good money. Yep. And it to be really bad. <laughs> Dudley's seen the prophet, so he knows what happened with Snape. And Dudley says, Snape's a hero. He saved Grandpa Albus. And Harry says, "Yeah, but he's going to die anyhow. He can't. Mm-hmm. He can't survive the 
the curse. And so Harry's crying. And, Maybe a year. And they get to the burrow, which is ablaze with life and activity. And Molly and Petunia are cooking in syncopated symphony. symphony. Yeah, they're better than the house elves. That's pretty good. The house elves are learning yeah. from them and taking notes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they've done all their other chores and they've been ordered not to help the dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. So Molly is doing the magic side of things and Petunia is working in the muggle um, technology. Yeah. So, and Ron, <laughs> Ron puts his foot in his mouth because he's. Yeah. He's teasing Harry about Ginny, and he turns to Dudley, and he says, So, you mean anyone at that school we can tease you about? And Harry falls to the floor laughing. He's, you know, he's laughing so hard. And Dudley turns beet red and goes, No, no, I couldn't. No, you don't understand. I'm not like that. And and Ron's like, You don't like girls? Harry's like, No, he goes to an all-boys school. And Ron's like, Oh, whoops. Okay. Not that there's anything that wrong with that. <laughs> I uh, sort of said the wrong thing, and I accidentally cast dispersions on Dudley's uh, character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. His character. Okay. Yeah, Percy comes in wanting to know what all the fuss about. Yeah, I sort of skipped over that. <laughs> and uh, Harry's, of course. And then he decides he really doesn't want to know. And Fred and George need somebody to help test their dimensions. And then mm-hmm. we get Mrs. Weasley calling them down for dinner. Food! That's because when uh, when Harry says he's going to tell Sirius, um, something says anything but that, and George says, well, uh, would you like to be a guinea pig? And he said, uh, maybe not quite anything. <laughs> so, and so, here, here we go for Trisha's uh, super soulmate powers. Because Harry gets this thought in his head, bored, came the thought, bored, agreed the voice. And then at the same time, they both think, tag? And the owl says, tag, agrees in his mind, and they're heading out. To, uh, he tells Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia that he's flewing to the burrow so he can play flight tag. And his aunt's voice says, nope, you need to get cleaned up. We've got something special going on tonight. And the owl and the boy look at each other, special? And so apparently... This is what they were to keep their evenings free for. Mm-hmm. Yep. He tells Hedwig that he'll they'll play tomorrow, but this is really, really important. So get yourself and gussied up. Yeah. Dudley's, like, tugging at his collar. Mom, can I take off our jackets? Nope. And there's a knock on minute. And there's a man dressed as a Royal Marines in the Royal Marines dress uniform. And he says, we are prepared to depart, sir. And they get in a stretch limo. Mm-hmm. Albert Wainwright, who is the protocol assistant, mm-hmm. and Dudley's like, protocol? What, are we meeting the queen or something? And he's like, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> you are meeting the queen. And they're like, uh, but, uh, 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 what? Why? And officially, it's for the official wording of the queen's gallantry medal, but also she wants to meet uh, the royal cousin. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Harry. A.K.A. Harry. And Dudley wants to know if he has to call Harry Malord. Harry says, I hope not. (laughs) And he doesn't have to Malord Harry, but he does have to Your Royal Highness the Queen. You know what? I would say something. He has to call the Queen Her Majesty and any other 
we're family. It's a royal highlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would say something stupid, Trisha? Oh, yeah, I would say something so stupid. <laughs> or I fall you, right in front of her. You'd get beheaded. Yeah, or a puke. Mm, this team doesn't <laughs> do so much of that, usually. Probably. I would probably puke more more times. Yeah, I had a feeling that I, I would stumble over my feet, mm-hmm. probably knock her down, like I'm like a tackling her. Well, and then I probably puke because I'm so upset that I stumbled on my feet and tackled the queen for her break her pants because she's like 105. Dear me. You're a weapon of mass just, destruction here. Oh, I have been accused of that before, too. <laughs> that was a tiger bomb. That's true. <laughs> so they want to know, if, Harry wants to know if they know about the Wizarding World, and they do. The entire royal family does know about it, and uh, apparently Prince Harry occasionally cracks jokes that he was named after Harry Potter. Right. But not true. No, because if they were going to name older. anyone after him, it would have been the first, it would have been William, who was the older son. Mm-hmm. That was, he was born about the right time. And Prince Harry is actually named Henry, where Harry is named Harry. Right. And so they've been told that if they, they feel the urge to stare, they need to stare at the floor instead of at the queen. <laughs> Vernon steps before the queen and kneels. And she gives him his award. So, and we find out that his he took actions to prevent Harry from being blindsided during the end of the battle. Which nobody, I don't even think Harry knew about. Mm-hmm. So, he goes through all the motions that he's supposed to go through. And then he says, you know, words cannot express my emotions at this moment. Thank you. And they have yeah. dinner together. Oh, wouldn't it, could you imagine all the forks that you probably would see, you know, the silverware that you had to use for at least oh, yeah. the dinner with them? You'd have to really know what you were doing. All I know is mm-hmm. work your way out, work from out, go in. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. But I'll yeah. probably be using a fork for a spoon and a spoon for a fork. <laughs> you could do this, Trisha. I have faith in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Don't take me out to a really fancy restaurant. It's not good. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then the queen gives a toast to Mr. Vernon Dursley and Mr. Harry Potter, and then they're invited to join her in the parlor for after-dinner conversation. Mm-hmm. The dinner itself has been fairly quiet. Right. And yeah, because I wouldn't be eating if you were eating You and your vomit. That's what I was going to do. So, I'd be so afraid of making ass of myself. Yeah. I have no idea what I would do if I was meeting the wrong family either, but hopefully I'd manage to stay calm. <laughs> and stay I calm until I you would. left, and then you'd just tear it, break apart. But... <laughs> well, and I love Dudley, because Dudley's like, oh, I'm going to go tell everybody at school that I had dinner with the queen. And Vernon's like, careful, you shouldn't say things. You might get a big head. And Harry's like, too late. And they start to make <laughs> Yeah. So... And they thank Mr. Wainwright for assisting them. Your Majesty's hospitality was an amazing thing. And so he lets them know that Her Majesty was impressed with them as well. And says goodnight and off they go. And then we're back. And uh, when they are 
The reason for doing that is because uh, one of the neighbors at the Dursleys is um, obviously trying to hear what's going on with this limo pulling up. So, Harry mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, thank Her Majesty for me to for allowing us to come and enjoy her hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot that part. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wayne Wade is a pretty good guy. He, he's going along with it. So that's cool. Yeah. And you know she, like, tripped over her feet trying to get to the phone so she could start the gossip train. Uh-huh. So. And we've got Ginny wanting to know what he talked to the Queen about because he's finally, three days later, made it to the borough so he could play tag with Hedwig. Mm-hmm. And Ron, Ginny. Yep. So he told them that he'd met the Queen, but um, they haven't yet told Ron that he's related. Just they figure it's for the award. And Harry says, oh, you know, she tried to convince me to run off with her. You yes. could pick up the pieces with Prince Philip. Ginny's <laughs> having none of that. No. no, I don't think that would go very well. No, probably not. The age difference, ma'am. I mean, that's, that's the problem, the age. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit bigger age difference than uh, Toss and Remus. <laughs> yeah, talk about a bagel. <clears throat> not Ugh. good. Then we've got Hermione show up, and Ron's like, Hermione, you're back. Did your vacation over? And she's like, well, no, actually, um, my hotel is run by wizards, and once they figured out who I was, they let borrow flu powder. And, you know, you mean that you're a witch? And is like, no, that I'm Hermione, Hermione Jane Granger. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? There are Google's best blowing gum cards, apparently, mm-hmm. with all of them on them. <laughs> Yep. In Europe, outside of England, outside of the UK. Yeah. Listen, listen, Drool is best blowing gum. Is that a, that's not a Harry Potter thing. That's, um, that's a thing from Willy Canada. Wonka. Is it? Okay. Well, I'm thinking that's yeah. Willy Wonka. It's one of the things that Ron describes in passing when they talk about how awesome Honeydew is when Harry can't go to Hogsmeade. Oh, I don't know why I was thinking that was. Willy Wonka. Yeah. Willy Wonka. I think there is Willy a bubblegum thing in Willy Wonka as well, but I can't remember. Yeah, there what is. I can't remember. It's, I can't remember. It's the blueberry gum. It's the gum that it's a. No, 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 no. There was um, not that one. It was one of the gods. Uh, but no, I like that one. It's running down my throat. So they want to know how people got the pictures because there's actually pictures of them fighting, and mm-hmm. their first thought is Colin, but there's pictures of actually Colin in there too, so that's not it. And, um. It turns out Dennis has stolen Colin's camera and wandered around during the battle taking them. Right. They thought maybe it was Rita Skeeter as, uh, her beetle animagus, but how could she have used the camera? And Ron finds out it's Dennis because he's found the photo credit in the decorative border, which is pretty good for Ron. I'm impressed that he knew to look for a photo credit. Yeah, and he, he, and being Ron and a dog, yeah. And Ron mm-hmm. wants to know if Hermione ever wanted to be an animagus because in the picture she looks like a fierce lioness protecting her cubs. <laughs> and uh, she giggles back and says, you mean her mate? They have a nice yeah. kiss. Well, they start to, but Harry's not having any of that. <laughs> uh, so let's go back to the burrow and show your mom. <laughs> yep. And... Then we have another um, metaphysical scene. Mm-hmm. There's dark and a light at the end of the tunnel, and whoever this is is figuring the light not might not be the best place to go, and he has to decide whether he wishes to roam the earth with spirit or um, spend eternity in hell. And Peter Pettigrew is now a ghost, not quite a ghost. sort of a ghost. 
I guess it's in this section, but we discover later that he's a revenant. Um, mm-hmm. He's a particularly evil sort of ghost. Um, yeah. The author's note says, and Peter Pettigrew is back, or and Pettigrew is back, so to speak. There is darkness coming around the corner. Will Harry and his friends be ready? Ooh. And chapter 37, Ghosts of the Past, opens with Voldemort praising Wormtail's dedication. He's shown up again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Lucius steps forward and says, I would serve you as a ghost too, my lord. I, my devotion is fully towards you. And Voldemort says, okay, let's test it. And he, a, Avada Kedavra's him, well, throws the Avada Kedavra curse, but, and, and Lucius is just like, yeah, bring it on, I'm ready. And he stands there and waits for it to be, to hit him, but it misses him and hits the guy behind him because Voldemort was just testing. Yeah. So, and so he gets his wand back. Because apparently they've broken them out of prison. Mm-hmm. So. And then we switch to Sirius, heading up the lane to the burrow. Mm-hmm. And he wants to borrow Ron and Ginny. And then he discovers Tonks being depressed inside. Yeah. And figures out that it's Remus and his martyr syndrome again. So he spends some time talking to her as well. Um, and Molly flips out and asks the twins to go and get Ron and Ginny. Mm-hmm. But they want to know why Tonks and Sirius are there. And Molly says, never you mind. Just go get who I told you to get. So, and then we've got uh, Green in the Fire, and I don't remember this. I did actually read all of these. I just read them two weeks ago, and it's Harry. don't remember what's going on. He uh, wants, to, wants to let Sirius know that uh, he'll be meeting them somewhere. They don't mm-hmm. have a word where yet. And then we discover that the reason Sirius is at the borough is to escort Ron and Ginny to number 12. Aha. Uh-huh. Which right now only has muggle repelling charms on it, and they're just about to, uh, well, eventually Albus and Phileas are going to put a whole bunch more stuff on it, but the Fidelius hasn't happened yet. Right. You gotta be quiet! Don't wake up Mom's portrait! But of course, they do. And she's screaming. Huh? Oh, sorry. But he does manage to pull the curtains closed, mm-hmm. and then they have a bit of a conversation with Phineas. Yep. He's being relatively pleasant. He can be if he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry calls him, Trisha, do you want to go to bed? No, I'm okay. Okay. Am I yawning that much? Yeah, but that's okay. I just wanted to check on you. Oh, I'm fine. I'm listening. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm listening while I doze. It's fine, fine. I'm sorry. What if I don't put my head down? Serious. <laughs> well, Sirius lets them know that Phineas was one of the most feared and hated headmasters of Hogwarts ever, mm-hmm. but um, he's better now because... Um, all the all the headmaster's portraits owe their loyalty to whoever the current one is. And Dumbledore has kind of brushed him up a bit. Mm-hmm. And Harry knows knows him because he's met his portrait before, so he gives him a bow and Phineas is pleased by the respect and yes. such like. He's got a solid head on his shoulders, even if he is too accepting of all these various changes and things. That's it. Creature! Creature! We need to find Lockett. So we're going to ask Creature. Mm-hmm. And Hermione tries to be nice to him and gets spit on from the game. Of course. And I wonder if it is like, like a, um elf pee. It gets stains out. It gets the stains out? Maybe. But I yeah. don't think she had any stains on her. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm. 
He threatens to bite off her nose. He's just not very nice. So, so I like the other creature better. Mm-hmm. And we also discover that um, Ron and Ginny are related to the Blacks, which I think we knew. Mm-hmm. In this fic, at least, they've decided that the relation is through um, Cedrella Weaver. Okay. Yep, one of Mom's cousins. And, of course, uh, that starts Mrs. Black up again. No blood traitor shall claim the last scion of the House of Black as a relative. Unclean filth, you should be wiped from the face of the planet. And, and Phineas has just come back from Hogwarts and says, Oh, silence, you misbegotten daughter of a tavern wench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've had just about enough. Yep. And she's like, oh, 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 what? She's never been face down before, but of course he's a portrait, so he can walk into her portrait and, and shake yeah, her or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yes, he hits her on the side of the head. Yeah, and he pretty much unsticks the sticking charm. And because he says, he says, be silent or I will silence you. And she's like, how? We're both portraits. And he's like, like this. And the portrait falls off the wall and there's all these thumps from upstairs. And it's like, oh, it appears that it's tied into the spell holding the elf heads up in the study. Hmm, maybe we should clean them up. Yeah. Huh? I want to get rid of those. They'll start to rot in a few days. Hmm. And we find out that a headmaster's portrait has special privileges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Go ahead. Sirius is going through all the lockets, going, mm, no, not that one, mm, not that one, no, not that one. And he wonders, hmm, do you think Creature will notice? And uh, obviously Creature will notice. <laughs> yeah, there's a scream, ah! of a scream of horror. Hmm. And he goes to uh, destroy Phileas, Phineas's portrait, and Sirius stops him. I order you to never cause harm to any portrait in this house. Or allow harm to come to one except by specific direction for myself. Yeah. And of course, Harry leans over to Hermione and starts in with Hobbit jokes. Yes, he does a Gollum impression. Mm-hmm. We hate Hobbit apparently, apparently, Tolkien was part of the Pruitt family. He was a fourth cousin. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. Because all the clear bloods are related. Yep. And here comes Critcher finally with the right locket. So, um, I head off. Phineas says, oh, don't be, don't worry about it. Don't be scared of this locket thing. It'd take weeks to, it'd take weeks to possess you. Days, maybe, if you were one of the children. And um, Harry leans over to Ginny and points out that it took a lot longer than days for her to be possessed by the diary. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, he's proud of her. She says, okay, that's good. Let's get going. Let's get rid of this thing. Which I don't And we're on to chapter 38. The last Death one. Death and beyond. Oh, good. Which is it's not not like, <sighs> yeah, it's not as fun as Infinity and Beyond, but, you know. Nope. Infinity and Beyond! <laughs> <laughs> and we have a, a little saying here that we don't quite know where it's from. Are yeah. you sure we should tell him? He must know. I owe him no less. But is he ready to know? He must be. If he's not, we may lose him to despair. And mm. we jump to Harry's birthday present. Yay! Yay! He's been opening all his presents and left Ginny's for last because he knows she really wants him to open it. So mm-hmm. he goes, hmm, interesting. Are you sure I should open this right now? <laughs> and so finally she threatens to hex him. It's, well, yes, but if I have bats flying out of my nose, how will I, how will I be able to see my present? <laughs> and inside is a vial filled with silverly, silvery liquid, and it's a mm-hmm. memory of some sort. 
And Lupin is remembering that Lily apparently gave James her memories of their first date on his birthday. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Yep. And he wants to speak to Harry in the kitchen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Are we getting a love talk? Like um, Helen did? Well, he's getting, oh, ready God, to, he's getting ready to come into his full inheritance. Because uh, next year he'll be 17. Okay. Which Harry figured out a little bit with the uh, incredibly expensive cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Well, I want one of those. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. It probably cost $30. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Get a sandwich. They, uh, they tell him that they need to get deadly. And he goes and gets Dudley, and he says, okay, I think they are going to have to talk. I don't know about that. but We're in the middle of a war here, and I'm a lead orer, so there's a good chance I won't make it. So you guys are the ones that I'm going to name in my will. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ted and Andromeda and Dora will be getting some of it, and the Weasleys will get some, but mostly it'll be Remus and Harry and Dudley. Right. And Remus says, you big mutt, we'd rather have you than all the galleons and gringots, which is true. Of course. He's still, you know, getting prepared, because the big thing he has to tell them is that they've broken out a bunch of the death mission mouths for that. We found out last chapter, but I know they're just trying to know now. Right. And the Dementors have abandoned it, all of that. Constant vigilance. Yeah. Yeah. So, and but they're, they're going to turn a, one of the old crouch castles into a new prison, apparently. Mm-hmm. That's good. And the real Moody wants to meet Harry. So there, we find out that a certain organization named for a bird on fire has started using Grimald Place as their headquarters. And old mm-hmm. Finney's been talking about Harry. So Moody wants to meet him. Yeah, he doesn't believe it. Yeah. And he's, he says, don't worry, the real Mad-Eye Moody's even scarier than the fake one was. Constant vigilance! Constant vigilance. Yeah. And so they're heading back to the other room, and Harry wants to make sure Sirius and Remus don't wait too long, because Mrs. Weasley refuses to serve dinner until everyone's sitting. <laughs> yeah. But Sirius wants to talk her, to Remus about talks. His Marker Syndrome. Yep, he's got a few things to say. And so we skip ahead to the end of dinner, and mm-hmm. Dumbledore has popped into the fireplace, and he's heading over with Fox, if, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. And they said, sure, and Molly's taping a plate. Yep. And apparently he can't um, stand up. Yeah, you know, he needs assistance to get into a chair now. If he's standing there with Fox, and he can't move. So. And we find out that's why he didn't flu. He's he's having a hard time keeping his balance and stuff now. Yeah, and he he pledges to Ginny that he will be there for her birthday, which is in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. But after that, it could be any time. Yeah, and Dudley's like weeks. You can't be serious. And he starts to cry. And he says, no, I'm Albus. Serious, this bad to go over there. <laughs> <sighs> oh, oh, I did a funny joke. I'm sorry. Off-topic off subject. Go ahead. Um, I did a funny joke. Well, my girlfriend put on Facebook. She's like, my phone completely died. I lost all my contacts. Everybody text me. So I text her, and she's a huge Harry Potter fan, too. And I text her. I go, it's Fred Weasley. She goes, Really? <laughs> And she goes, really? I go, no, I'm serious. And she loves serious. She goes, no, I'm serious. (laughs) I go, fine, I'm Snape. And then she's like, she she just, she went off on something. I go, Snape is sexy. She's like, Trisha, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Aw, Trisha, you and your Snape. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if uh, there's ever. 
ever been a pick where Sirius gets to watch Airplane. I have never actually seen it myself, but I remember the... the surely. You line. surely can't be serious. Yeah. My name is not Shirley. Yeah. Yeah. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> that would be fun. No, really, I'm serious. That's my name. We'll have to put that in here. Mm-hmm. So. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. It's too soon, says Harry. Too soon. Too damn soon. He's even cursing. Uh-oh, Harry sweared. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, and Aunt Petunia and Mrs. Weasley scold him at the same time. But they, Albus tells him it's okay. You know what? You can't be mad at that. That's, that's perfectly normal. So we have, we're back in the spiritual zone. And the spirit's thinking that everything looks different on the side. And he floats through walls that would have stopped mortals. And, mm-hmm. and, and it turns out he's Nick on his way for a date with the Grey Lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sir Nicholas. Always the mm-hmm. Nick and the Grey Lady are talking about maybe moving on, but they're not sure yet, and they're happy where they are now. They found each other. Yeah, they're just they're getting ready to go out together, and it's just a really happy time. And then there's emotion on one side, and the Grey Lady says, "What was that?" And Nicholas says, "I'll go find out." And there's a mocking voice. You know, a date, a ghostly date. Who'd have thought you had it in you? And Nick says, "But you're, you're a Gryffindor. You're one in my own house." And he gets killed. Nick's just poof, gone. Um, there's nothing they could do. And Peter has yeah. arrived. And Moody is Moody figures out he's been grabbed by a specter, which is not a synonym for ghost. It's a a more powerful ghost that's wrapped in hate and madness that if they hang on long enough will eventually fade into a normal ghost, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently the Bloody Baron started out as a specter. Of course he did. Cedric starts asking questions, and Cho's like, Keep it down! I almost had the Grey Lady calm down! You've got her mm-hmm. all started up crying again! And this is where we... Well, this is one place where you can tell that this was written before um, Death of Hallows. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, they have one of the one of the fairly strong theories for quite a while was that the Grey Lady was um, the same as the Grey Lady from the Tower of London. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be Anne Boleyn again. So in this version, that's who she is. Right. And so we find out that whatever whoever so they don't know it's Peter. Whoever caused this injury basically sent Sir Nicholas back to whichever afterlife he was meant for in the first place. And Ron wants to know if a specter can kill a ghost, what can it do to a human? And Dumbledore says, if the hate's enough, the same thing. So then they ask about Peeves. And a poltergeist was never a living thing. He's just simply the result of gen- generations of pranksters. Yeah. Damn you, Fred and George. He's apparently, yeah. He's apparently, Scott, go ahead. And he's apparently gotten better over the last few generations. The Marauders and Fred and George are a little bit more good-natured pranksters, and mm-hmm. Fred and George probably more so than the Marauders even, um, than had been previously. So he's a lot less malicious now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the Grey Lady decides that she's going to return to the Tower of London where she was killed because she can't stay here without Nick. Too many memories. I don't think she would want to pass on. Yeah, I know, but she's just not quite ready for that yet. And, well, the reason they thought they might pass on is if they actually got together, they would be, become happy enough for that to happen. And mm-hmm. now she's sad again, so. 
So and there isn't really a way they can bury him, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, he'll just sort of fade away in a week or so. But they're going to have a memorial service mm-hmm. at the tower for Right. Gone, gone, gone. So now Peavesy's a little upset. Tank be supposed to be able to kill a ghost. And the fret, fat friars, you know, both of them gone. One to London, the other. Poor Nicholas. So the ghosts are all up kind of commiserating. Yes, and they have to decide who is going to be house ghost now. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a waiting list. <laughs> well, you know, I'd like to hunt on Hogwarts. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So, so they start off with working out um, Ravenclaw because they probably know the Ravenclaws a little better. Mm-hmm. The um, the Baron suggests Mr. Albert Walkling, who wrote one of the textbooks, and Fat uh, Friar has Perpetua Fancourt in mind. Peeves wants to know if they know any good jokes. So I mean, that's the important thing, obviously. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> so they uh, Peeves wants to know if the Potters could do it, but the Fat Friar says they'll. They've both entered paradise. And the Baron says, "I think we should delay getting the house ghost for Gryffindor." I yeah, he has an idea that there's something odd going on there. Something might something might happen. They don't, they don't want to risk electing the specter of the house ghost. Right. I don't think anybody would elect Peter anyway, even if, they, if, even if he was up for candidacy. But mm-hmm. they don't know it's Peter. Yeah. And just about everybody showed up for Sir Nicholas's memorial. And Including several Slytherins. Held in the Tower of London so the Grey Lady could attra- attend and see her children for the last time. So mm-hmm. and, it was, and apparently that's where Sir Nicholas died originally. Mm-hmm. Kind of and then four days after that was Ginny's birthday party, and Dumbledore is there, but very weak, and kind of one of them are sad about that, but he manages to cheer them all up, and so she has a good birthday. And then two days after that, he enters into eternity, next great adventure. Yep. And that's the end of chapter 38. Who do you think's going to be the, the ghost for Gryffindor? Hmm. Hmm. There you go. Foreshadowing there, Trisha, are we? Yep, yep, yep. No, I'm predicting. predicting. I'm predicting. Could well be, I suppose. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that's a great good idea. I don't know if he would stick around, though. He might want to pass on. Yeah, I think he's going to stick around for a little while before he... Yep. I'm I'm voting on Trisha's side on this one. Oh, my God. Well, I I guess we'll have to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Come back next week, and maybe we'll know by then. We might. I don't know how soon it shows up in the story. I imagine it will eventually. It looks like we have two podcasts left, so we'll be finding out soon. Mm-hmm. But I think those were good chapters. I like the idea that Harry and Hedwig are bonded together. Um, it was, as long as they start not like, being really, really goofy, I'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get that far. It was an interesting twist to have Snape not kill Dumbledore. And die in his stead. So that's that's interesting because we knew we were going to lose Albus anyhow. So now we've lost them both much sooner than we expected. Yes. Yeah. But we also still have Sirius and Mad Eye and everybody else too. That's true. And but and we also have Peter back, which is frightening. And I'm sure that that's going to play into this somehow. Oh yeah, he's going to cause all sorts of trouble. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Oh, God. I am going to bed. All right. Good night. 
Good night. We'll Farewell. Say, I'll see you then. We'll say good night to everybody in the podcast land too. And mm-hmm. we'll pick this up. Thanks next for week. joining us for this episode of Potter Weekly and uh, make sure to come back next week and find out what's happening in the rest of the story and check out Point of View Weekly for all sorts of wacky life hijinks and I'm sure there's something or other in Purple uh, Exchange too that's a little um, usually comes out a little less often but depends on how ambitious people get in there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining our family of podcasts. <laughs> Good night everybody. Good night. Bye, Tricia. Good night. Thanks. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.